Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, and welcome to the Financial Podcast. Season 2, Future Rich is what we're all about. And I am Barbara Ginty, your host, and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest, Sonora. And you got your fake name from a movie? Yeah, it's called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Oh, cool. Very nice. We have much more creative names this year, which is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, city, suburb, state, age, all the details. Okay. Um, I live in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, kind of a suburb. I don't live like on the coast or anything like that. Um, about 25 minutes away. I am 33 and I'm a marriage and family therapist. Ooh, and so- really? Yes. Ooh, this um, is exciting. And I moved down here to be with my fiance about, actually, yeah, a year ago. Actually today we moved, um, a year mm-hmm. ago today. Oh, I was like, you moved today and you're doing the podcast? That's aggressive. You're good today. Okay. Yeah, so... so, um, And where did you move from? Atlanta. Oh, are are you from up there originally? I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, so kind of right there in the middle. I've lived, like, most of my adult life in Atlanta, so this was a pretty big change coming down here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a much smaller... I mean, would you call it a city or no? No, I mean, it's... It's super touristy down here, and everything's really spaced out. And so there are shops and restaurants and everything, but everything closes down by, like, 9 o'clock. So it doesn't have the city feel. Got it. Okay. Definitely laid back and relaxed atmosphere. Cool. So you moved down there to be with, to a year ago to be with your fiancé? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when are you getting married? March 16th. Um, Couple months. That's in less than two months. Yeah, I know. Are you ready? Um, I, I think like a new wave of nausea and anxiety swipes over me every day, but besides um, that feeling, (laughs) I mean, I think I have a pretty good, we're pretty good. So the big stuff's out of the way. Now it's, I like believe I'm going to die from tiny details. It's like the tiniest, tiniest stuff that you don't even think about. And you're like, Oh, I've got to plan that out. Oh, I'm sure. So, okay. So tell me a little bit about, cause I want to get into like how you budget it and how you're paying for the wedding. So what what's your income like being a therapist? You are you on your own or are you with a practice or? Yeah, I work for a company, um, and so right now I make thirty three thousand a year, and um, because of moving from Georgia to Alabama, the licensure qualifications are a little bit different, and the board down here only meets quarterly. And I didn't start my full-time position until October. So the board hasn't met since they, they meet actually on January 25th. So I'm hoping that the licensing board passes me. And when I do that, I'll get a, um, I'll make 38,000 once oh. I get licensed. Okay. Very nice. You'll get a nice little bump. Yeah. 
Now, are you living with your fiance now? Yeah. And then what, so are you guys splitting the finances or how are you figuring that out? Yeah. So, um, we pretty much, I'm in charge of all of it. He kind of handed me his box of bills when I moved in. Was it, was it really in a box? Yes. Like if you've seen that new girl episode where Nick had the box. Yeah. That it was literally a box. (laughs) Um, so that was like a fun, was like shocking. Then I got over that and then I was like, okay, let me dig into this. So he's, he's been really awesome to just kind of hand it over to me. I've, I've liked all this stuff, like budgeting and figuring finances out and paying bills. Like, I don't know. I like all that stuff. So it doesn't bother me, but it does, it is an extra layer of stress because I can't control where he spends the money. But, um, <laughs> you're just like, no, don't do that. Yeah, no, but it's, it's much better now because we have a system and he's like, I guess like more open and agreeable to my, my suggestions and we've, you know, I've tried to work out a balance to make sure that he's still getting to spend his money on the stuff he wants to spend it on and the bills are still being paid and all that. So it's really interesting. We just, we were, I'm asking some more questions about how couples do their finances because we definitely get a lot of single people on or single parents and you, know, so they're fully in charge. It's interesting to see the dynamic with a couple because it, it can be like a joint effort or it could be one or the other. So how have you figured it out? Because it seems like you're definitely running the show here. <laughs> so um, it's been pretty hard, and I was trying to find advice on how to merge finances and all that, and I didn't find a lot. Like, I was listening to a lot of financial podcasts and all that, and they're just really, like you're saying, it just was mostly focused on being single and, and all that. And so it's been kind of a just see how it goes and like try something out and like I don't know it can be hit or miss but like I said he's been really good about just handing over the reins and letting me kind of dictate where things go um so did you like have a sit like I'm always curious did you have a sit down because I um besides doing the podcast I'm an advisor so I meet with people all the time and I there is no in my opinion there is no right or wrong way to do it it just it's all very different depending on the couple right so yeah. s- some people are more apt at it than others and want to take it over. And then other couples I see are, you know, 50-50. And then it, it just really depends. I have definitely, I would say it is more common. I don't know. I, I want to say it's more common that the guys are running the show with the finances from what I've seen. Oh. But ironically, the guys might be in charge of running the finances but ultimately, the woman is the one who's going to make the decision, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so the guys might have all of the paperwork and, like, the bill pays and, like, have everything organized and, like, be the one with the plan. But if the the woman is like, no, I don't like that advisor or I don't like this account, they're not going to be able to work with them. Oh, uh, that so makes like, sense. So, like, they're more like the ultimate decision maker. Yeah. But... That's not to say that that's the right, that's right or wrong. I tend to work in my practice with older, older clients, right? So a little bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that's like stood out with us is, um, this has definitely been like a year of exploring the relationship and kind of how we work together because mm-hmm. we went from living long distance to living together. And so, um, one thing that we really realized is that me in particular and, um, kind of the psychology of women is that women are, they view money as more of like a security thing. And I can definitely say that's true for me. Like having money in the bank 
is a security blanket for me, just knowing that I've got money if something were to come up. And then guys are more likely to use money to help boost their self-esteem or to gain respect. And so, and that's true of my fiance too. It's like, he will be more apt to spend money because he's going to have fun with his friends or because, you know, this will look good or whatever. And so that's, to me, it's been more of like how we view money. That's been the problem versus like, cause like I said, he's been open to letting me into all of his bank accounts and kind of handle all that. And that hasn't been the issue. It's just more, how we value money that's been the issue. Yeah, kind of the the reasonings behind the money, right? So what like, purpose it serves for you versus what purpose it serves for him. Exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I definitely see that too, that women feel more comfortable having more money in the bank. Yeah. As a security blanket. But, you know, but that being said, it's interesting because, yeah, when you listen to podcasts, there's really, I don't think there's a right way to do it and, or a wrong way to do it. It's just whatever works for each couple, right? Because everyone's different. Everyone's relationship is different. So, therefore, their relationship with money and how they're going to handle that will be different. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it sounds like you, I mean, you didn't seem, you didn't say you had your bills in a box. So, I'm having a feel. I have a feeling you're better at it than your fiance. A little more organized than him. For okay, sure. that's always a good thing when it comes to your finances. So we decided to kind of split it. I mean, he he's living in his own house and he's been paying all of his bills, you know, for the most part. Um, so we just kind of let his money stay paying his bills. And so then my money went to paying all my new bills because when I came down here, I didn't have a job. Well, actually, I did, but it fell through. And then okay. it took a while. It took like two months I think before I started working and at that time I was only working part-time so I definitely like was not I like was only making enough money to cover Your my expenses. expenses and then of course my car died like the month after I moved down here so we had to buy a car oh no so it was like that was a big added expense too but so he was definitely bearing the brunt his money was going mostly to pay all the bills and at that point, it did really feel like we were just surviving and, like, getting by. We were putting, like, I think, like, $1,200 on the credit card every month. And oh, so, wow. Because um, what was your job? How much were you making before when you were in Atlanta? I know. I was trying to remember. I think I was just doing my taxes the other day. So I think I was making around maybe, like, 38 or 39 Okay. So you're, like, in the ballpark. Right? Once you get approved by the board, you'll be back to where you were in Atlanta, give or take. Yeah, it should be really good down here. The cost of living is um, much less, right? Oh, yeah, much less. Your salary will stay about the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should be really good. That's fantastic. Okay, and so then, so you're in charge. So are you, now that you're employed and you aren't doing the part-time, are you chipping? Does he have a mortgage? Yeah, he has a mortgage, which I was going to ask you about, like, if it would be wise for me to get my name on the mortgage too but we can talk about that later because yeah, I was like... actually going to ask you uh about when you get married are you planning is he going to put your name on the mortgage or not so he's pretty much open to everything so the situation is that he um got hurt in Afghanistan and so he had to retire from the army oh, no. and so he's on disability yeah he's on a fixed income and like he because none of his income is taxable that's because, yeah, that's because he's on, he's on disability, correct? Yeah. And yep. so I was like, well, I don't know if I should add my name to the mortgage. Cause I don't know. It's like all these, those questions are over my head. So, so yeah, I don't know like what all we should actually combine. Did if he, we should. 
did he buy the house using a VA loan, do you know? Yeah, he did. Okay. I'm just jotting that down. Um, and so his his income is, um, he probably gets something from the military and then probably maybe Social Security disability. Does that sound right? Yeah, he gets both of those. Both of those. Okay. So that's his, in, and that's his only income, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll come back to the house question in a minute. Okay. Um, but so then are you, so his I- income is Social Security disability and his um, military, it's it's a pension he's on now? I don't know if that's or, how they, I, I don't guess. think that's how they, I don't think that's what they call it, but he, he gets money from the military as well for being injured. That's right. Well, yeah, for, it's like the retired, whatever that classification is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then that covers all of the housing. Well, before you moved in, it was covering all the housing and everything. Yeah, that was covering um, all of his bills. Okay, because what is the mortgage a month? The mortgage is eight seventy five, and that includes um, what does it include? Property taxes and pretty much everything with the house. Yeah, it includes the homeowner's insurance and I think everything really. Okay, cool. That's fantastic. Um, so how are you doing it now that you're employed? Are you throwing in for the mortgage or are you guys keeping it separate or what's, have you talked about what the plan is? Yeah. So I try to give us a $0 budget. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Every month. And that's been, we've been doing that since November, October, November. So it's still a little, still working out some of the kinks. kinks. Okay. But basically, all of his money still goes to all of his bills and, like, the house bills. So, like, the water bill and the power bill and all that. Okay. And then um, the part where we were spending, like, $1,200 on the credit card, that was, like, grocery money. Okay. And, like, gas and all that. And so now we aren't putting that on the card. So we've done pretty good the past. I think since like August we or maybe September we haven't put anything on the credit card so that's going much better. But yeah, so it's still it's still he's paying his bill and bills and I'm paying my bills, but a lot of that is my Amex bill is like 480 bucks every month because of um how high it is and so right. I feel like that's like a car payment in and of itself. Yeah, no. So 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 how much do you have on the credit cards? Okay, so we've got three credit cards between us. The Amex has eighteen thousand on it. Do you want the interest rate? Yep. Eighteen point seven four. Okay. He has a visa that he no longer uses. It has thirty two hundred and that's at seventeen point nine percent. And then I have a visa that has sixteen fifty on it and that's thirteen point nine percent. Six so one thousand six hundred and fifty dollars? Mm-hmm. Okay, just yeah. just double checking. Okay, and the Amex that came from when you you guys were putting the twelve hundred a month when you yeah. were moved down there without a and didn't have income. Okay. Yeah, I ended up like adding him to my, like having him whatever a card issued to him, so he like has access to that account too. Okay. So we were both using it. And so then, um, how much are you putting a month on the credit cards, and how much per card? So right now we're doing the minimum payments on all of them. Okay. 
the Amex, like I said, is it like kind of fluctuates, but it's normally around like 480. Okay. And his visa is $66 and mine is $39. Okay. Now I have a question. Did any of the wedding stuff go on that Amex? No. Okay. We have a different fund for that. Okay. <laughs> so do you have any student loan debt or does he have any student loan debt? He doesn't have any, and I do have student loan debt. Okay. Um, mine's like super high. Okay. Trying to do the loan forgiveness program with that, so it doesn't really bother me. And I know I'm supposed to count it as my debt, but I don't really because it's going to be forgiven one day, hopefully. So I have. Oh, I don't have the total, but it's. I'll just tell you them. It's there's eight of them. There's eight. Oh, okay. Because did you get a, was this all for undergrad or did you get a master's? This was all for graduate school. Graduate. I didn't have any loans getting out of undergrad and then. So this is all for gra your graduate degree? Yeah. Okay. It's like a hundred and like 40,000, 150,000 or something. Wow. Okay. And what payment and are you on a certain like income-based repayment? Yeah. And is that the exact one you're on, the income-based repayment? The, um, yeah, income-based repayment plan. Perfect. Um, and what do you pay a month? So it was $134 a month. Okay. But then when I started working part-time, or when I had the part-time job, so that happened when it was time to, like, review or resubmit my application. And yep. I qualified for zero. Whoa. So now I'm not paying anything on it. But it'll probably but, go back it, up. Yeah, when I resubmit, I think I resubmit in August or September, it'll go back up. And we are having, uh, I don't know if you saw, we I do some work with Leslie Tain, and she's a student loan uh, debt attorney, so we're having her on as a guest. Um, but I believe you're in the income-based repayment program, so if they forgive your debt, is it after 20 or 25 years? Okay, so I'm doing the nonprofit You're route. You're nonprofit, so okay. When I was in Atlanta, the company I worked for was nonprofit for three years. Out of the four that I worked there, they got bought out by um, a for-profit company. So I've got those three years, and then the company I'm at now is also a nonprofit. And so, like, come February, I will have been there. Actually, the first six months don't count because that was part-time, but... So I guess that'll start over in October. So basically, I'll need to work for this company for seven more years and then they'll forgive whatever's left but you have to make um your minimum payment whatever it is for a hundred for basically for the all of the months of the 10 years yep. so I'll probably be a year behind because of because of them saying I owed zero dollars right now right because yeah I think it, it's consecutive payments um and the other thing you have to go through and make sure that you I don't. I want to say the word validate, but it's not the right way because it has to be documented, recertified. Yes. It has to be recertified. I think is the right word. Are you talking about the like the paperwork from the loan company? Yes, the paperwork for being in the nonprofit income based repayment program. Yeah, so I've got that paperwork submitted. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't it a two step process? I think it's for every company that you work for. It's, you fill out part of it, and then the company has to, like, verify that you worked for them yep. during that time or whatever. Yes. 
Okay, good. That's fantastic. So then because you're nonprofit, you fall into the 10 year rather than it's either 20 or 25. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Okay, good. Um, and I believe with the nonprofit one, there isn't the tax burden at the end of it, but I will have to check on that for you. Okay. That would be at the end, the loan paid off, I would have to pay tax on the loan. Yeah, so the way it works with the government, because with a lot of the federal programs for the student loans, they didn't coordinate with the IRS. And so when you have a debt discharge, so in English, if you have a debt forgiven, they treat the amount that they forgive at, in debt as income to you. So let's say you said you have 150000 forgiven. They treat it as if you have income of 150000 Oh, okay. Yeah, so which means that if you, you know, worked your regular year and made 38000 and then had technically it's not real income, right, because you're not getting no one sending you a check, but they're forgiving your debt, and they forgive your debt for 150 that goes in as income, so that could cause a big tax problem for you. Oh, okay. You get the well, debt forgiven, but then you owe taxes, right? Yeah, okay. But I don't think that that happens with the the nonprofit. But I will definitely check on it because I don't uh, I don't have all the rules memorized all the time. Yeah, that's a lot of rules. <laughs> There's a lot of rules out there. Uh, so yeah, I can check on that, and I will get back to you, and we can add that to the notes for the podcast about exactly how it works with the nonprofit um, income based uh, repayment program. So I'm just gonna mark that down so we can get back to you on that. Um, okay. But then, so what's the plan? Do you have a plan with, um, so you have the mortgage, which is 875. Um, right now, you're not having a payment on the student loans, but you will have a payment of probably $134. And then I imagine you both have car payments? No, no? which that was another thing that's causing like a ton of stress. So like I said, when I moved down here, my car died. Um, mm-hmm. I had had it for like 11 or 12 years. And so it finally gave up on us. And he had, just a few months earlier, he had totaled his car um, in a wreck. And so he was driving. He has, like, this really old truck that's, like, older than me. And um, it's not a good, you know, get to and from. And so we had to get a car. So we just we went and bought a car together. And so we have the car, and then he drives the truck. But because I work, like, 25 miles away I take the car to work and so we share the car and he like tries to drive the truck as little as possible the truck is completely paid off but our car is 463 a month all right so then as a household what do you know what you're bringing in total yeah okay so we a month we bring in 5400 5400 okay so then after we take out you take out your the mortgage and we take out, let's see here, the car payment and 463. Because I want to see if we can get, it would be great if we could get rid of your credit card debt, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's more, yeah, no, that is very important. Well, what, what were you thinking? Because you just have some high interest rates there. You're very high. So the goal was to try to be um, debt-free with the wedding, which so far we are. Um, and then the, the car situation is really frustrating, a lot of stress that we, like his daughters live, um, like four hours away. And so every other weekend he's having to go get them and we're just putting like so many miles on this car. It's like, it was like a 
I don't know. It was not a good car, a good like economic car to get. Okay. And so really it's just causing a lot more stress than anything because it only takes premium gas and we're driving it so much because of being out here like in the suburbs and everything. And then he has to drive up there every other weekend. It's just very stressful. Yeah. Have you thought about um, maybe leasing a a car? I don't know because you have to have less than however many miles a month. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, because if you're... So I'm driving like 50... Yeah, how many miles are you driving? a day. How many remember. miles? It's like 50 plus a day, because I think it's like 25 there, 25 miles there. Oh, wow, okay. So you're probably going to be better off than buying a car, just because of how many miles you're going to be driving. Um, so we had thought about, like right now, all of our extra money goes into the wedding fund. Okay. And so after the wedding, we were thinking, okay, we'll just put all that and save up like a couple thousand dollars and get a car, just like a whatever car that I can just drive back and forth to work. Mm -hmm. The only other thing we thought of was like selling the car, but right now we owe more on it than what it's actually worth. He bought it new or you guys bought it new. Yeah. Yeah. Like 3000 more according to like Kelly blue book or whatever that thing is. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Once you drive it, you know, you drive it, it's not worth as much yeah. after um, some cars hold their value, but most cars don't. Um, Cause I'm just looking kind of at your budget. Um, it looks like you should, I mean, after all of your expenses, you have about $3,400 a month left over, you know, not including food and you know, this is just after rent, not rent, sorry, after mortgage car payment and credit card bills um, mm-hmm. with the minimum. So, but I would imagine that's the, what you've been using to help fund the wedding that's coming up in less than two months. Yeah, but that doesn't include, like, our utilities either. Right, right. Yeah, that's just saying, so you probably spend how much you have on utilities and food. So we, you have okay. 3400 after those bills that you've given me. Yeah. Okay. Because we do for, yeah, so for, like, our groceries and gas, we do, like, eleven fifty a month to okay. cover that. And then I also put money aside each month for whatever our like yearly bills are, like homeowners association, and, okay. um, car insurance. Well, that's every six months, but um, so I put that money away every month too. Perfect, so that you have it when the bill comes due, but you make it, you pay it monthly to yourself. That's right. Perfect. So what do you think you what do you have left over after you're looking at the gas, insurance, homeowners, food? what's left mm-hmm. um yeah I think just normal stuff like phone bill oh yeah but how much money do you have left over so after you pay oh, all your bills yeah well child support would be another one that you'd have to add on there Absolutely. child support 650 okay so that's another big one I don't have it broken down how much is left over after the big bills are paid but it looks like if you included the mortgage and everything that comes out to be about like three thousand dollars for all of the bills. Yeah, I, that's what I think. I think that's probably right. I think you probably have around two thousand left over, give or take, a month. Technically, not saying that you have that sitting available in your bank account at the end of the month because it's easy to get that spent, you know, between two people over the course of a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm I'm imagining that a lot of that extra is going towards or has been going towards wedding stuff, right? Photographer and getting those. Because you said right now you don't owe anything on the wedding. Yeah, right now we're okay. Okay. And do you have any big bills coming up for that? 
Um, yes. Well, we do, but we've got the fund running for that, so we should be fine. Okay. And then do you have an emergency fund and savings besides? Yeah, we have an emergency fund, too. It's It has um, 1180 in it right now. We, like, got to the 1000 and we were like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, and then what about, um, like regular savings or retirement or anything? Um, yeah, so I have only have 5,000 in my retirement. Okay. And is yours a 403B? Yes. Cool. Cause you're a nonprofit. Okay. And what about, um, your fiance? Well, I guess he dips in his retirement every month. They just send it to him. <laughs> oh, that's like, okay. yeah, yeah, that's like, all he gets. yeah. Okay. So he didn't have a thrift plan or anything like that. Mm-mm. Okay. Or he might have any. He might have already cashed it out. I don't know. Okay. So in terms of saving, you have your emergency fund um, at eleven eighty, and then you have your retirement, which is yours is a four hundred three b because you're a nonprofit. Yeah, I'm trying to merge the um when the company switched over the old company when it switched over to for profit, it went to four a four hundred one k. Yep. And they, they haven't rolled it over yet. Um, I have to go through the company for them to do it instead of through the retirement. The people holding it so they haven't rolled it over yet and sometimes they won't let you roll 401k into 403b you might have to roll a 401k and just into a traditional ira okay so you just have to ask them um but yeah i would say for you guys um the wedding is uh, i agree with you that maybe you want to just get through the wedding first and make sure that you get through that without any you know taking on any more credit card debt yeah and then after the wedding um I, I'm like torn between having you get a car and then do the credit cards. I think if it's going to make your life less stressful, then maybe look to get a car. Okay. Because in one month, if you guys stick to a really strict, a strict budget, you should be able to save like I would hope between like a thousand or two thousand dollars post wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could use that money to put down on a car, and I would just try and keep your car payment low. So I would just get like a pretty bare bones car. Yeah. Just something that's really good on gas and reliable and not that expensive. Exactly. Lesson yeah. learned. <laughs> um, and then that way, you know, your fiance, if he's driving eight hours, can take the car that is more cost effective for gas, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I would do that because you could probably, I think, hopefully get a car somewhere around two or $300 if you just go, you know, no luxuries. <laughs> The bare bones. Yeah, like just you- get the bare bones. I mean, the car dealers don't like to sell that to you, but, like, if you get something with none of the upgrades, just, like, the basic model, like, which isn't glamorous, but, hey, it's nice. Then they, you'll each have a car, right? So that's an upgrade. Everything's relative, I think. Yeah. And then that way you can add that into your regular budget, and then from there what I would do is look to really pay down the credit cards. Do you recommend, like, Snowball or Avalanche? Ah, we were just, I was just talking about this. You're my second guest tonight. So I was just talking about the snowball method. Um, to be honest, I really prefer the method that you think is going to work best for you because what I like to see is people succeed. And it, as we talked about, money has different purposes and meanings for different people. Yeah. And people feel more successful um, depending on their personality, right? So I think if looking at it, you just have to tell me how you think you're going to work best. But if I was looking at it, I would say if it were me, I would probably kill the visas first, starting with the smallest one. Yeah. 
just because I think that you can really get that small one done in one month, and I think you can get the bigger one done in two to two and a half. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking, because the 18K, it's just so looming. It's, it's yeah, it's going to, you're going to have to kind of buckle down for a longer time frame, which might, you, and then, I don't know, I just, that the, the small ones you can get done in such, like in one month, you know, you'll have one card paid off. I think that will be a great feeling. Do you, what are your thoughts on debt consolidation to like lower the interest rates? So my, you could, I think that here's what my thought is. Um, you can look to do qualify for a 0% APR card and you can consolidate them on that 0% APR card. If you qualify for it, I would look to qualify for one that's greater than 12 months, 12 months at a minimum, but you could look for something for 18 months. Um, and then that means they're going to charge you 0% interest for that entire time, as long as you make your payment. So I always recommend that you set it up auto with that, because if you don't make a payment, they charge you a penalty APR and it's really steep and they can backdate that APR. Okay. So, but you will pay, um, a balance transfer fee. Yeah. So you can, it's, it's definitely, if you have some free time, which I'm, you're planning a wedding, so I'm sure you don't have a ton, um, <laughs> But you could go onto one of the sites and just see if you qualify and what the fees are and kind of compare. But I really think that you could buckle down and get that one visa done in, in one month, so in 30 days. Okay. Um, and then I think you can get the second one done probably in two if you did, you know, like 1500 a month, 1600 mm -hmm. a month. So if you if you set aside 1600 or you need 1650 for the bottom one, but 1650 a month for three months, you would get rid of um, all those two visa cards. Okay, yeah. And then you wouldn't be paying a transfer fee for those two, at least. And then you could consider, if nothing else, just moving the Amex to a 0% card, um, just because the interest rate is almost 19% and it's 18000 So if you continue with the plan of just socking away, you know, 1600 a month, um, and that's what, what we plan on post-wedding, um, you could get the next that uh, Amex paid off in just under a year. You think so? Yep. With six, wow. If you put 1600 a month on it and if you have it on a 0% APR card, um, yeah, you should get it paid off in about a year. That would be amazing. I was thinking it would take like three years. No. I think the key though, I think I would definitely look to put the 18000 on a 0% card. Okay. Because it'll eliminate you paying 19% interest for a year, which is a, you know, a lot of interest. Yeah. So let's just see. I can we'll do that real quick. Um, yeah, that's a lot of interest. So I would put the 18000 I, I think it's worthwhile to pay a balance fee on that one to get that over to a card where you could get – I would try and get 18 months because then that will give you some wiggle room with the wedding. Okay. Get the two visas paid off and then tackle the Amex. But your goal should be 1600 a month that you're putting on the credit cards. Okay, so that'll be <laughs> okay. So do so. What you want to do is you want to sit down and do your budget, kind of like when we were talking about all your bills. But you want to put a line item for credit cards at sixteen hundred, and then you want to see what you have left over. Okay. So you want to put that as the at the, at the top. So you know how you do. You have our income's fifty four hundred, and then here's our mortgage and child support, and you want to throw credit cards in at sixteen hundred. Okay. So just add it. Yeah. Add it okay. in and just. Yeah, make it one of your your bills. Because then once that those credit cards are done, I would use that to save for retirement. 
Yeah, I want to, right now I do the 5% because of the company match. Okay. And I want to, I mean, I want to do whatever, a lot more. Yeah, well, think about it. Once you get rid of the credit cards and you can totally do that. I mean, my guess is by next March um, this time. So post-wedding and then I follow a year and two months, you'll have everything paid off for the most part for the credit cards. And then that would be awesome. Yeah, and then you can start using that money to put put towards uh, retirement, vacation, you know, other goals. Yeah. Okay. Does that sound? Does that make sense? It does make sense. It's a little daunting, but it makes sense, and that's our ultimate goal is to be debt free. So. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I think I mean I I would focus on just the wedding and getting that eighteen thousand over to a zero percent card to give you some breathing room, and then get the two visas, and then that one. Um, but 12 months will go really fast. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, the time will go by. Yeah, it will. And then next year when we do a follow-up with you, you'll be debt-free. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, well, we'll wrap up the podcast. I will answer some more questions for you off offline, but thank you so much for being a guest. Do you have any questions for me with the listeners listening? Um, no, I don't think so. I think you've answered all my questions. Cool. Well, for the listeners at home, this is the second time you're hearing about the debt snowball, but you can find out more at our in our classes that are offered online through SUNY, which is the State of New York University System, and they're found at www.planancial.com. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.